And I want you to turn to Joshua, the book of Joshua. I want to begin a little six-week series today to get us moving in the right direction called uh, 2019, a year of new days, new ways, and new phrase. Not phrase from the standpoint of uh, verbiage, new dates. How many of you know God has a new day for us? He has new ways for us, but understand something about your future. There's new battles. There's new phrase. That's what a fray is. You've ever heard about it? We're entering the fray. It's the battle. It's the conflict. Let me just ask this question as we get into this new year. How many of you in 2018 had some frays, some conflicts, some issues you had to battle through? Hey, I believe that uh, until Jesus comes, there will be conflict. There will be trouble. Jesus made us a promise. I love this promise. No, I really don't. Jesus said in the world, I do love this promise. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. That's trouble. But be of good cheer. Everybody smile. Be of good cheer. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. I said, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And so with this, that in mind, as we look to the future though, uh, through, and, and into the new days and the new ways, there'll be new phrase, there'll be new troubles, there'll be new uh, conflicts, there'll be new battles to face. But guess what? I believe as we'll learn through Joshua that God will give us creative ways and means to be victorious and, and be more than a conqueror in 2019. Amen. So with that in mind, turn to Joshua chapter 3. I'll look back in Joshua. We'll, we'll be in the first chap, first seven chapters, really, pardon me, yeah, the first seven chapters throughout the next six weeks. But I'm going to look. This is where we're going to launch out in Joshua 3, verse 1 through 5. They are right up. The children of Israel, after 40 years of wilderness experience, wandering around and around. Everyone say, around and around and around. 40 years, wandering around in circles. The same old, same old, eating the same old, what is it? Uh, how many of you know the manna? It sounds cool, uh, manna from heaven, but uh, they called it manna, which means, what is it? Guys, let me just ask you, don't raise your hand. You ever went to supper? And you said, in your heart, wouldn't be smart out of your mouth, in your heart, what is it? What is this? That's what they ate for 40 years. What is it? It sustained them. And now Moses is dead and they are up to the door. They are up to the place of crossing over into the promised land. Somebody say hallelujah. God has a promised land for us. But just because God has a promised land for us does not mean there will not be issues and struggles and, tri and trials and tribulations. And so here they are. And Joshua is now leading these children of Israel uh, into their promised possession. And so it says in chapter 3, Then Joshua rose early in the morning and set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over Everyone say crossed over. If you study the Hebrew children, uh, you, they're, they're really who they were was really their, the defining uh, uh, understanding of this people. They were a crossover people. I don't know if anyone here has ever read my one book I wrote. Uh, but it's about the crossover people, the Hebrews, the children of Israel. They were there about to cross over. Everyone say cross over. 
So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, and that's... (coughs) That's the manifest presence of God. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Everyone say, go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it. (coughs) Pardon me. Let me pause. How many of you appreciate the fact that in this new covenant, we can come right into the presence of God? They said, keep your eyes on it. Don't get too close. Go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Now, listen carefully. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. How many of you think in 2019 it would be great to know the way in which you must go? To have the will of God begin to unfold in your life. In fact, the scripture says we have the Holy Spirit who will say to us and speak to us, this is the way, go ye in it. I'm sensing something this morning on the beginning of this series that God is going to begin to direct our paths in ways we've never been before. Because look what he says here, that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before. You see, for 40 years, The children of Israel, what had they been doing? Passing by the same old, same old, round and round the mountain over and over, eating the same old bread, doing the same old thing. They were locked and paralyzed in this this, uh, vicious cycle of repetition that took them nowhere. All the while, the promise of God was still there to enter into the promised land. And if you have time, I would encourage you to just go back and begin to get the big picture about their wilderness wanderings. And the Bible says that the old guard, if you will, had to die out before the new could come on in. You see, there's some things about your past that just need to die. There's some things about where you've been that are robbing you of where God wants you to be. And so Joshua said to them, you better, hey, listen, keep your eyes on the, on the ark. And for us, keep our eyes on the power and the presence of God because we've got to follow the directive of God because we have not been this way before. Next Sunday, we'll outline some, some ways and some days that will cause us to realize even more so that as a church family, we've not been this way before. Look at your neighbor and say, we've not been this way before. This is not the same old, same old. 2019 will not be the same old, same old for Church on the Rock North. And I prophesy to you this morning. You say, are you a prophet? No, but every once in a while I prophesy. I prophesy to you today that if you'll get a hold of the word of the Lord and you'll begin to embrace just what I've said already, you'll look at 2019 and God will lead you in new ways and new days. And he'll take you through the new phrase with victory in your hearts. Amen. New days. There's new days coming for our church family. There's new days coming for you. In fact, that ought to be the demeanor of all of us as believers, not just members of Church on the Rock North, because my Bible tells me in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that that if if there's any man or woman in Christ, old things are passed away, behold, all things become new, amen? 
And so God's a God of new things, new days and new ways. I love what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 43, 19. He said this, behold, I will do a new thing. Shall you not know it? It shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? In other words, if you're not careful, you can miss the new thing. You can miss the day of destiny for your life. You can miss God's new days and new ways for your life that bring you into his promises over your life. Let let me just say, wherever you are today, however blessed you were in 2018, God is not finished with you yet. There are new days and new ways for you to experience his promises and his provision in your life like never before. Somebody say amen. I believe that today. And I want you to embrace that today. There's new days. There's new ways. You know what someone has said before, and I believe it to be true, the definition of insanity, doing the same old thing over and over again, but somehow you expect a different result. That's kind of insane if you think about it. Well, I want something new, but I'm going to keep doing the same old thing. Listen, God has new ways to accomplish his kingdom purposes. And if you look back through history, that has been the case. Now the gospel and Jesus and God are forever the same, but the God who never changes, come on now, listen to this phrase right here. The God who never changes is always busy about the business of changing things and transforming things, new ways. Everyone say new ways. Everyone say new days. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord, nor are your ways my ways. You see, a lot of people, the problem you've not gotten into new ways is because all you're thinking about is your ways. Uh, you know, I had somebody say this years ago. You probably heard it. It's my way or the highway. Let me tell you, if that's your approach to God and your future, you will never discover God's plan for your life in its fullest measure. If you look at God and say, it's my way, you carry my bags. It's my way. I want to go my way and I want you to bless it. How many of you know he won't go your way and he won't bless it? But if we come to the place where we say, my ways are not your ways, Lord. I want your ways in my life. Uh, my, my, he said, he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. How many of you want to submit your way to his way? Hallelujah. And as I said, there'll be new phrase. There'll be new battles. There'll be new conflicts. And let me say this to you about victory and overcoming and deliverance, it doesn't just happen. Everyone say it doesn't just happen. Listen, what did Jesus, pardon me, what did Joshua tell the people? Keep your eyes on the presence of God. Because getting to, getting to the next step requires his guidance and direction in your life. How do we get that? How do we keep our eyes on the ark? How do we keep our hearts attuned to the presence of God? Let me say to you, let me encourage you, especially this week, especially in the next couple of weeks, I want to encourage our church family to begin praying and fasting. Fasting? Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6, when you pray and when you there's three when yous, the when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. How many of you, we all like that when you pray. I, okay, we can pray. When you give, not so much. When you fast, oh, absolutely not. 
But there's three whinnies. They're not suggestions. They're, they're directives for the, for the family of faith. And so I want to encourage you this year, and especially these next two, two, two weeks. Read Matthew 6. When you pray, this is how we're going to pray. When you fast, we're going to fast. Read Isaiah 58, I believe. Is this the fast that I've chosen? Says the Lord. Uh, as some people use the Daniel fast and, and go 21 days. You, hey, let me just say, there's all kinds of ways to fast. Uh, you can fast from certain foods. You can fast from all foods. You can you can have a complete fast, and uh, uh, and you can hey you can take a day and fast. You can and there's all kinds. The, God's not legalistic, uh, but hey, you study the scripture. Daniel would fast and pray, and listen, God would begin to speak. In fact, when Daniel was praying and fasting, God began to speak. Some of you, you think you're desperate for a word from the Lord until you decide you want to pray and fast. And you think, well, maybe I'm not so desperate for God's word in my life. But I want to encourage you. In Matthew 17, 21, uh, the disciples were having issues casting out a devil. And they, they came to Jesus. We've, we've tried and, and the devil's still there. And you know what Jesus said? Everybody say, you know what he said? He said this, this kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. Everyone say prayer and fasting. You see, the, the new year, yes, there'll be new days, new ways, but there's going to be new phrase. There's going to be new battles. There's going to be certain things that will never materialize, that will never be made manifest in your life, that will never be experienced, the will of God, the ways of God, the days that God has for you without some consistent, persistent time of praying and fasting. And I would encourage you as couples to kind of, uh, um, husbands and wives, talk about this and say, how can we do this? And, 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 and hey, Google the Daniel fast. Google fasting. Learn some things. It's the, the, hey, let me tell you something. Christians and churches all over America and around the world are praying more this, this week and the next couple of weeks and fasting more this week and the next couple of weeks than in any other time during the year. And so it's a great time to get focused for the new days. Everyone say the new days. The new ways. Everyone say new ways. And the new phrase. The new battles. And just like the children of Israel, listen carefully, as they were entering into the promised land after 40 years of wilderness wanderings, there were some things. Now, here's the, here's the context for the next six weeks. There's some things we have to get before we can go. You see, our family went on a glorious vacation. But months before we ever went, there were some things we had to get. Oh, man. These three families, they ordered stuff on Amazon and, and, and things they had to get before they could go. We had to rent a car, things you had to get before you go. We had to rent, uh, uh, warm clothes because we were in we went tubing one night down a snow hill and it was eight degrees, two degrees, but oh, it was two degrees. It was a little nippy. Thank God for warm clothes. And we found out in those, uh, surroundings that the clothes we got were not even good enough for two degrees. But they got us through. And, and let me just say, out of all my grandkids, there were two that, if you can think, there were two grandkids that survived all the way. No, there was, did Ty make it? Ty had to go to the van. 
And there were three. And so they would drop button. Boy, they got cold and their hands got cold. And, but little Mabry Ruth made it all the way through. I couldn't believe it. We were down to the last time down the hill. And, uh, and Laura said, you want to go to the van? She said, I want to go one more time. It was awesome. But there were some things we had to get before we could go. And let me tell you, the children of Israel, there's some things they had to get before they could go into their promised land. And so this morning, I want to give you a couple of them. And then we'll keep building on this idea. But do you have the idea there's some things you got to get before you go? For the new days, the new ways, and be ready for the new phrase, there's some things you got to get. Everyone say this. There's some things I got to get before I can go. Here's the first one. What do you got to get before you go? Joshua had to get over the loss of Moses. Joshua had to get over the loss of Moses. Before he could go in, there was something he had to get. He had to get over some things. Let me just tell you right now. Could I tell you, some of you are hung up uh, by the past. There's some things that have happened in your life. There's some issues. There's some situations. There's some trouble that you may still be dealing with. But I'm telling you today, if you want to really experience God's new day, his new way, and be victorious in the middle of the fray, there's some things you got to get over. Now, I, I've said this before probably in this in this room before, but turn around and just tell somebody, maybe your spouse, maybe you're somebody, I don't know. Just look at somebody with a smile on your face and say, you just got to get over it. Oh, that went over real good there. Some of you like to shout it, I think. Somebody like, now here's Joshua. Look at Joshua chapter one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. And let me just stop and say, how many of you know every child of Israel, every children, all the children of Israel, Joshua included, knew he had died. And they were in mourning, they were in grieving. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, number two, verse two, now you would think he would know this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to you from the, for, uh, giving to them, the children of Israel. But what, you know what he's saying? Come on, Joshua, I know you've been traumatized. I know this law has been something for you. Moses is dead. Now you got to get over it and get up and get going because there's promise. Hey, there's territory to take. There's victories to be won. There's new days and new ways. And if you're going to get to your new days and new ways, you got to get over this loss in your life. Losses are painful, aren't they? All of us on some level have experienced great loss. Maybe the loss of a loved one. Maybe the loss of a relationship. Maybe the loss of resources. Maybe the loss of, of a job. There's losses in life. Now, let me just tell you, if you're not careful, those losses, number one, can cause you to lose focus. 
And the last thing the children of Israel needed at this key time in their life and in their journey was a loss of focus. And they had evidently began to lose their focus. They lost their focus for 40 years. They wandered around and around in circles and, and complaining and whining and, and, and carrying on and, and, and looking back rather than look. In fact, some of them said, I'd just rather go back to Egypt. What were they thinking? There's a promised land, but they lost focus on the promised land. That's what, hey, that's, look what God said to Moses. He said, listen, there's a land that I'm giving them. You got to get over this loss because the focus is to get you out of the wilderness and into your promised possession. Don't lose your focus. And if we're not careful, listen, our losses can cause us to lose focus. Look in Joshua 1.13, and there's a lot here that would apply. But look what he says. He's telling the people of Israel, Joshua is, once he got the word of the Lord, remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. He said, remember why we're here in the first place. Remember what's on the other side of this river. Remember, this is not something we're just kind of thinking about. This is God's plan. Don't lose your focus. In fact, look what he says in, on in verse 14. He said, now this is interesting. Listen up, mom and dad. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan, but you shall pass before your brethren armed and your mighty men of valor. He had picked, by the way, he had picked out, go back to verse 12. He picked out the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, and he's rallying them together. And he says, listen, you keep your wives, your little ones, your livestock, you just keep them right here. I want you to go over. Until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Basically, let me just say this. He said, I know you're concerned about family. I know you're concerned about your livestock. I know you're concerned about your stuff. But let me just tell you, I'll take care of your stuff if you'll just leave them here for a minute and go in and get the business taken care of. Don't get out of focus. Are you with me? <clears throat> See, if you're not careful, our losses can cause us to lose focus about our future. Yes, God wants to heal us of our losses and He's not uncaring about your circumstances. He's compassionate and understanding, but He also doesn't want your circumstances to keep you from the destiny of God for your life. Joshua had to get over the loss of Moses. Why? Because losses can, can cause us to lose focus. But number two, our losses in life, if we're not careful, can cause us to lose our footing. Our footing. When we were in Colorado, we we had the mountain range right beside us, and the uh, and the elk would come, and the deer would come. But they, we, Brent and I, and and uh, Josh and Nathan, and a lot of us, we walk up to the edge of the mountains, and the deer would be up there on the side of the mountains, and they didn't have one issue dealing with their footing. I had issues. In fact, without the mothers knowing. We led our children up the side of the mountain, their children, pardon me, up the side of the mountain. And little Mabry Ruth went, and I wasn't sure if she would ever come down. 
After we got up there, I said, Brent, you got to help me. And she talked her way. She, she her footing, and she talked all the way up the side. We went about halfway up. She's just slipping and sliding. I'm going, okay, we're going up, but I'm just not sure we can ever get down. And so when we got up there, I gave all the kids a big warning lesson about footing. I said, anybody heard of the Mount of Everest? I think one. I said, it's the biggest mountain in the world. People die all the time climbing the mountain, but more people die not trying to get to the top. Most of the people die coming down the mountain because they get so euphoric about having arrived at the top of the mountain that their guard comes down and they lose their footing, they lose their way, they lose their sense, if you will, coming down the mountain. All my little grandkids are going. I said, we cannot die coming down this mountain. Watch your step. Don't lose your footing. Look what Moses, God said to Moses. He said, my servant is dead. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and all the land, on and on and on, and no man will be able to stand against you. He's just saying, well, you know what's he saying? Listen, there's territory to take. But if you just look at your losses, you'll lose your footing. You'll lose your way. Hey, Psalm 18, everyone say Psalm 18. You can read it later. Psalm 18, David had experienced great loss. You can read it in Psalm 18, 4 through 6. But look what he said in 1833. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and sets me on high places. Did you get that? In the middle of your loss, in the middle of your pain, in the middle, if you'll keep your eyes focused, if you will not lose focus and not allow, allow your losses to lose, cause you to lose focus and not allow your losses to cause you to lose your footing in life, but to realize God wants to set my feet upon a rock. God wants to set my feet upon a secure place. God wants me to be as the deer who walks on the high places with no concern about how and where I tread. Losses can cause us to lose our focus and lose our footing. And number three, if we're not careful, losses can cause us to lose our faith. And if you look at Joshua chapter 1, undoubtedly Joshua was having a crisis of faith. At the loss of Moses, he was having a crisis of faith. And God was merciful. How many appreciate God being merciful? God was merciful. And when you read through it, you're going to hear that God himself was building up uh, Joshua's faith. He says this, be strong, verse 6, and of a good courage. He said, man, nobody's going to be able to stand against you and he'll be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. Everybody say strong and of a good courage. Look, Oh, yeah. I I looked around and everybody said, look at somebody and say, be strong and of a good courage. Come on, tell somebody, say it loud and proud. Be strong and of a good courage. He said it to Joshua three or four times in nine verses. And Joshua's faith began to rise and the authority of God began to arise in his heart. The faith began to return. He didn't let his loss cause him to lose his faith. He got his faith and then he begins to lead the people. He's commanded people saying, you better get ready because we're about to enter in to our promised land. Amen. You see, if you're going to get over or go over 
you got to get some things you got to get over before you can go over. And I passed by this thought in, our, in your notes, but let me just say there's some things you got to possess before you can proceed. Some things you got to get a hold of before you can get going. And the first thing you got to get is get over your losses. I know it's quiet now, isn't it? Because if you're not careful, your losses can cause you to lose focus, lose your footing, and lose your faith. But then number two, the second thing we got to get before we can go, some things we just have to get right. Everybody say get right. You got to get right. Look in Joshua. Look at the next thing he said in Joshua chapter three, uh, verse five. He says, and Joshua said to the people when he said, Hey, there's some thing. Hey, we're about to cross over. You've not been this way before. So, uh, uh, he'd already told them to pack their bags, but then he told them something pretty serious. He said, sanctify yourselves. In other words, you better get some things right before you get going. If you're wrong, Trying, you know, the old saying, you better get right or you'll get left. There are some things in the new year, some, uh, some, some things we gotta get right in our life. We gotta sanctify ourselves. I heard this story. I've read a lot of, of this man's books in the past, but I heard this story the other day when I was in, in Arvada at the, uh, at uh, Faith Bible Chapel where Nathan is a worship leader. Uh, he was, uh, Jason King, the pastor, said he was at a leadership conference, and John Maxwell, who's the kind of the leadership guru of the Christian world and even the non-Christian world, he walked out on stage and, and, and took this pose. Probably not with that big belly sticking out, but he did. And he stood there a while. Now listen carefully. He said this. I'll never forget this. He said, most everybody have uphill dreams. They're dreaming about a better day. They have uphill dreams. Oh, one of these days. But at the same time, they have downhill habits. Yeah, it's great to have uphill dreams, but if you got downhill habits, you'll never uh, really arrive into your dream that you have, that God has for you. And the biggest issue, how many of you got, everybody say issue. The biggest issue with arriving at your uphill dreams is the downhill habits. That why, that's why Joshua said, listen, we're about to arrive. We're about to cross over. God's, God's plan for our life is about to unfold. You better deal with those downhill habits that have kept you in the wilderness now these 40 years. And what we learn in life is, and even from the story of Joshua and the children of Israel, that some of life's biggest battles are from within. Internal issues. How many of you realize this? Internal issues always have external expressions. 
You can't keep them inside. In fact, if you, if you fast forward in Joshua 7, you'll see this. They crossed over. You remember Jer- Jericho was tightly shut up. I've actually been there. It's pretty interesting. And they've actually determined, uh, ge- uh geologically, uh, that this city, the walls fell in on the city. Who would have thunk it? And so I've been there, and what happened? The walls fell down. How many of you remember that? Joshua at the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua at the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. I would like to keep singing that song. But as that they they found victory over Jericho, the children of Israel were commanded not to take any spoils. He said, all the spoils are accursed things. But Achan and his family, he, he looked at all the spoils and he took them and he hid them in his tent and, and no one knew it. And they went out. There was a little town of Ai that he sent, that Joshua sent a few thousand guys to just go take care of Ai. You see, just because you got into the promised land doesn't mean there's not new phrase to take but this looked like no big no 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 big deal he just sent a few thousand and the people of ai routed the children of israel and 36 or 7 guys died and uh, and the israelites ran for fear and 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 joshua fell on his face before god and began to cry out going what's the problem here and he said there's sin in the camp and you read the story, they went from person to person and they went to, uh, they finally got to Achan's tent and he said, tell me. And Achan confessed his sin. He said, I couldn't help it. I took of the spoils and I hid it. He said, bring it to me. And they, and, and, and they brought it to him. And sadly, in Achan's circumstances, because of the sin that had come upon the entire, uh, the, the consequences of one family's sin, spread through the whole people and the whole God, there was judgment upon them all. And they took Achan and all he had and all his family and they stoned them. How many appreciate the fact you live in the New Testament today? But let me just say, just because we live in the age of grace does not mean there's not consequence for the, for the downhill habits that keep us from our uphill dreams and aspirations. And so we got to get some things right in our lives, in our families, and in our homes. Listen, undealt with weaknesses can have deadly consequences. There's always consequences. What did Paul say in Romans? The wages of sin is what? Death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So <clears throat> what did they have to do in Joshua's day? They had to get to the root. <clears throat> Pardon me. They had to get to the root of the problem. They found the source. And then they had to deal with the fruit. They had to cleanse the house. They had to get some things right. And all of us, including this old preacher here today, we're always busy about the business of getting things right in our life. And so today I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to ask you. Uh, let me just ask you this. How many of you have some uphill dreams for 2019? We all, hey, if you don't have uphill dreams, if you're just dreaming for the same old, same old, how, let me just, let me get it down to where we live. How many of you want to make just about the same amount of money this coming year as you did last year? Okay. How many of you would like a, a raise? Well, that's an uphill dream. How many of you would like to have the same family marriage problems 
couple marriage problems in 2019 as you did in 2018? How many of you just look and say, I just soon take those same old problems over? No. How many of you like, you got some uphill dreams? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You have uphill dreams, but understand something. We all do. But in order to get to those uphill dreams, we got to deal with those downhill habits. You see, the season of new days and new ways will require us to deal with old habits and hang-ups in our life. There's some things we got to get before we can go. First, we got to get over our losses. Then we got to get right, get some things right. So let me just say this. As we begin this new year, as we begin 2019, let's commit to not allow our losses to cause, cause us to lose. Chalk it up. It's not going to make me lose. I'm not going to lose God's uphill dreams because I'm sitting here focused on my loss. I've got to look to the future. What did Paul say? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I can't let my losses cause me to lose focus, lose my footing, or lose my faith. So I'm going to commit. This is what I'm asking from you. I'm going to ask you to commit to not allow your losses to cause you to lose in the journey towards God's promises for your life. And then number two, let's make a commitment in this season to have a season of sanctification in our life where we get some things right before we get going. Let's pray and fast. Let's seek God. Let's ask Him to sanctify us. I love 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. It says this, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. Your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord. So today as we begin 2019, there's new days, there's new ways but there's new frames. So our commitment has to be to God. Lord, I'm not going to allow my losses in 2018 keep me from winning in 2019. My losses are not going to cause me to lose. Number two, I'm going to get some things right. I'm going to sanctify myself because God has new days, new ways. A new phrase that I've got to be victorious over. Everybody say amen. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you today for this new year you have placed us in. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the new day of 2019. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for new ways you're giving us to accomplish your ways. And new days and new ways will give us the capacity to find new victories against the new phrase 
that we will face. I pray today that each of us would not allow our losses to cause us to lose. Help us to have faith, Lord. Have, keep our footing upon you, Lord Jesus. Our feet established upon the rock with faith, Lord God, in our future. Lord, we look to the future. We forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. And today, I'm going to ask you, just in your own way today, if you could just find some way in your heart, just say, Lord, cleanse my heart. I separate myself unto you. I sanctify, I separate myself unto your purpose, unto your ways, your days. Lord, let me be right before you. Let me get some things right. Lord, I ask you to cleanse my heart today. If that, hey, that's, that's what I'm actually praying today. Lord, cleanse my heart. Cleanse my thoughts, Lord. Lord, give me your ways, your days. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. I want your thoughts. I want your ways. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us. Sanctify us today so we can move into the new day and the new way that you have for us. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Sam, I want to be right with him in 2019. But I got to be honest, I'm not even sure that, that Jesus really ever has been invited and, and felt comfortable to come and live in my heart. I want to know for sure in 2019, on this first Sunday of 2019, I want to know for sure that I am His and He is mine. I want to know for sure that Jesus lives in my heart and I'm right with God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today and you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to know Jesus. I want to invite him to be the Lord and the leader of my life in 2019. I don't want to do the same old same uh, uh, thing and wander around in circles and, and miss my best. If that's you today, wherever you are, lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I want to know for sure that Jesus Christ lives in my heart. God bless you. I see those hands. Anyone else? I want to, God bless you. I want to, I want to know that he lives within me and I live within him. I see hands in this room today. You can put them back down. And as we begin this new year, I want everyone in this room to pray this prayer with these three or four people that lifted their hand. These, and, and, and let's all agree out loud together and ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the leader of our lives as we begin this new year. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me out loud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on a cross and paying for my sin with your shed blood. Thank you, Jesus. I believe you died for me on the cross and paid for my sin. And thank you, Lord, that you rose again so I could have a new life too. I commit my life to you. I ask you to cleanse me of my sin. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my leader from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, that because of what you've done for me, I am now your child. 
I embrace you. I love you. And I'll do my best to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord of glory some praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want you to do something today because this is a big deal. That, hey, in fact, the Bible says that when you're born again, the heavens begin to rejoice. We kind of patty caked a little bit, but heaven is rejoicing. Okay. And, and there's some, there's some next steps. How many of you, when you, when you're, uh, in fact, I saw a little Rhett Daniel. He actually ate a little cereal the other day. Uh, he's got, he's got some next steps in his journey. And as newborn babes in Christ, there's some next steps. Everyone say next steps. And so I have some information. Josh, right there in that, there's that information. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, he's got some information for you at the close of this service. If you'll come, give us a little information. We'll give you a little information. We'll help you begin to take the next step. Everyone say the next step. Okay, because, hey, we don't want you to lose your footing. We want you to step into God's best for your life. Oh, what a great way to start the new year. Now, you patty-caked a few minutes ago. Let's give the Lord some great praise today. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless each one of you here today. Happy New Year. Next Sunday is going to be marvelous. And the weeks before us, we're going to have a great year. We're going to look into, and the, and Easter Sunday is going to, this place is going to be packed. I'm telling you, people's lives are being transformed even today. Everybody love the Lord. Say one more. Amen. amen. God bless you today. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday right here at Church on the Rock North. God bless.